Well, good. There it is. Well, good morning. How are we doing today? Doing all right? Well, welcome to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee, and I'm lead pastor here. I'm so glad to be with you today. For those of you who are watching us online, I hope you are doing well. You guys, uh, I feel like we need a little energy boost, right? It's a little cloudy out. We need. Can we? Can we get? Can we get like a woo? Like just give it like a, an all out like give give me all you got like a woo on three. One two three. Woo! Yeah. Let's do it one more time. One two three. There you go. We need to get the blood moon. Do you guys need like stand up to jumping jacks or something? Like, am I, am I the only one with? This is good. Uh, before I dig in, there's two things that, that I need to talk about real quick. First, right after, uh, right after service, if you are a life group leader or want to be a leader for a life group, we are having a short meeting in the side room out here in the lobby. Out, there's a, there's a, there's a little room right there. We're gonna have a, a quick meeting about life groups in there. So if you've been a leader or want to be a leader or anything in that, come. We're gonna have a quick meeting after service, all right? So, so make sure you're there. Uh, the second thing I wanna address uh, this morning, if you didn't know, uh, today is September 11th. And if you are older than, what, 20 years old? Is it 20? 21 years ago today, wow. That's crazy. Um, yeah, we had the, uh, the attack on uh, the Trade Center buildings. And it's, it's, always, it's always kind of weird going back and watching those videos because <clears throat> I remember watching them and I was in, I was in high school. And I remember uh, during gym class, one of, one of the kids came and said a plane just hit one of the World Trade Towers. And the kid that said this is known for goofing around. Um, and I, I'm like, dude, that's not even fun. Like, I, I remember thinking, like, why would you say that? Like, that's not even, um, and nobody was really believing him. Like, I'm, he's like, I'm not even joking. I remember we all, we all came in and turned the TVs on and we, we watched the second plane hit. I mean, it's just, if you were there, it's, it, it just, it, it's almost like gives me chills thinking about it. And, and so on a day like today, I think it's really important to remember what happened. You know, it's, it's good to, it's to remember the, the, the people that stepped up um, and were, were really important in helping. And, and the, the, the one thing that I was thinking about with this day and what it represents is I remember there was a kind of a, just a joint unity or camaraderie that came after the attacks. And when I think about the, the kind of the state of our country and the state of our world right now, there's a lot of just um, tension. There's a lot of um, fighting and bickering. There's a lot of divisiveness. And I, and, I, and I think it's like it's so sad that it takes something that extreme. It takes something that horrific for us to, to think and be like, you know what, we're all, we're all humans living life together. And it takes something so horrendous for us to come together and be like, you know what, I'm just going to. I'm going to support you. We're going to, I don't care who you are, we're going to, we're going to come together and support. And so I, I pray that, you know, as, as us as a church, that we can, we can live out uh, that kind of that idea of, of unifying with people and giving people dignity, uh, no matter what color, race, socioeconomic state they are in, whoever they are, that we can, we can kind of set the tone um, and be the church um, and be people that, that love people well. Um, but we do, today, we do remember um, what happened. Um, it, and it's, it is kind of, I don't know, it's, it's, it's humbling to, to think about uh, that whole situation. So I, I pray that as, you know, 
as Americans, as, as people of press church, listening, watching, that we can be praying for the people of our country. We can be praying for our president. We can be praying for our governments, uh, all the governmental systems, knowing that none of them are perfect and knowing that, that there's a lot, of, a lot more that can be done here and now in our country. But I pray that we can, you know, we can lead the way in praying and setting example of unifying. So um, why don't I do this? Let's, I'm going to pray real quick. Let's pray, and then we'll continue on with the message. God, I, um, I thank you for this time that we have together. And, and as we remember um, what has happened in our country um, and the things that, that we remember today, um, I thank you that no matter what happens, God, we can come to you and we can trust you and, and, and that, that you know all are and in charge and you're in control. So I pray to God we can trust you and I pray that, that we can live out um, the life that you want, that we can set the example, God, of, of representing you and loving well. And so God, be with us today. Bless this time. It's your name we pray. Amen. All right, mine. How many of you, when we were, uh, started the series, thought of uh, Finding Nemo? Anybody? I, I know some of you did, because some of you guys texted me uh, little uh, images of the little the birds in my, the, uh, the birds in Finding Nemo. Do you guys know it? Mine? Mine? Seagulls? Bur seagulls are birds. Come on. <laughs> are they not birds? Come on. Do we have to get that specific? Cut me, me, <laughs> me some slack, people. Let's go. Gee, even at Christmas. It's not like I said they were like mammals or something. Anyways, uh, mine, 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 mine. We have a tendency to, to grab, right? We have a tendency to hold on very tightly to things. And like the seagulls in Finding Nemo, we like to say mine. So uh, <laughs> with that being said, we're going to jump into the car video this week. If you're new with us, every week, uh, the pastors, we hop into the car and we talk about the sermon. So let's go ahead and watch that video right now. can take flowers or chocolates home to your spouse and if they know that you're only doing that to get something out of it <laughs> like right. there's like that ah, I don't like that you take it back yeah. I don't even I don't even want it like I don't know yeah. or you they're like no, let me keep the chocolates I'll eat the chocolates real quick but I, I'm not yeah. <laughs> I'm not giving you what you want no you can't go play golf yeah. <laughs> or, this, or they ask. This sounds what, like a recent or they, conversation. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> or they ask, what, what, what are you trying to do this weekend? Yeah. Or, well, I mean, we I'll, say we're real people. Like, yeah. let's, well, let's, let's, let's be. Let's be. I, I mean, I, this I, car ride would go all day yeah. long. <laughs> we want the dirt. Our we, dirt. This is truly a road trip at that point. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, we want to be authentic, but <laughs> but we want to keep it PG thirteen. So, money, money time things we hold on to what do we do with that so this idea of like mine what do you feel like is what's something that like you hold on to so tightly is like mine that like you like can't can't let go of it or don't don't like the idea of giving up for me it's freedom <laughs> like I'm a I'm all about the just being able to do what I want, when I want, right. how I want. Right. And I think... That sounds nice. You're so American. <laughs> kind of. I mean, you know, um, I think if 
people actually knew the level of struggle that I have in the political climate. Don't tread on me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's you, like the you most. Get it. I feel like that's the most political we've ever been right there. <laughs> Here's the thing: I'm at war. Yeah. Because yeah, there's a part of me that believes that there that there is value in that personal freedom, that libertarianism. Mm. But at the same time, there's a lot of conflict with my theology, mm. with that kind of stuff. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I don't believe that... I think we get into a really bad place when we take our our politics yeah. and we intertwine them with theology. And right. it's like, no, you know... Yeah, what's what's informing what? What's right. the informing factor? Yeah. My relationship yeah. with God comes first. Right, right, yeah. right. And it challenges me deeply on a lot of the other things that I right. hold to have value. Right. And so when I hold on to something that I feel is mine, right, yeah, and and, and I'm basically just being open and saying oh, yeah, like, yeah. okay, this this is a real tension for me, and right. in that way, it's like I, I do have a problem with a lot of the way that. Uh, things are constructed in society, but right. uh, they're flawed, they're man-made, yeah. and there is no political system that's perfect, right? Um, but yeah. at the end of the day, all of that is meaningless. Right. It's really all about the relationship with God and yeah. what's He calling us into. And He might be calling us into something different mm. than what yeah. our our political ideologies <laughs> pull us towards. No! Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait. So we were talking about money. Now we're talking about politics. We're, 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 we're a church. We're, so we're just, talking about religion. We're just burning it all I'm down. Say, like, like just light, light it on fire. We're hitting all the no-nos. Right. Like. Uh, it's funny that you would talk we're about generosity, though, and deep. then yeah. end up in a, a, yeah. a political, a political yeah, conversation. Because right, right. at the end of the day, that it plays a lot into it that, does. you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, most people's politics are centered around how they can best prosper. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, right? You yeah, want to yeah, live yeah. in a culture, in a situation, in a in a country that you can thrive. Mm. So it becomes very selfish and self centered. Yeah. Um, and and so and that's what, what then when your politics really start determining your theology, that's when you're really in trouble. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for yes. sure. Well, so to like lighten this up a little bit, because you know we like, geez. Religion, giving money. Let's talk about politics. Sex. <laughs> yeah, sex. Yeah. Yes. I wasn't gonna go there for sure. That's next series. Right? No, I was gonna ask you, Jason, because like CR was talking about freedom. Yeah. Like, uh, freedom is something that he, you know, holds, or is yeah. like that mind sort of yeah. thing that you grab. What would you say? Like, do you have something that you feel like is like that for you? Um, I mean, freedom is right there alongside you know with CR on that like I, I really want the the ability to do what I want mm-hmm. you know I, I want the ability to go and do and mm-hmm. you know not be constrained uh, and and oftentimes that slips into the financial world right I, I want to have enough means to do what I want to do right and not have to rely on or sacrifice yeah or be limited yeah yeah, yeah. In, in that way so this does point to like a, a bad framework that we have where it points to this transactional theology right and those are might be big words you know this this idea that if we do something for god he'll do something for us it's a formula yes and it's all wrong it's all wrong and it takes a lot to to unravel that and kind of rebuild and go 
You know, it's not about if I do this for God, then he will bless me. Right. And, and again, we've talked about, oh, well, you can misread many scriptures that give you that impression, but that's not really what scripture is telling us. Not, not in a formulaic way. No. But well, I can tell you times in my life where I was sacrificial in giving. Right. And I was blessed. Yes. How, you know, what is the correlation? Is it causation or correlation? And we want it to be an exact formula because yes. so every time if I do something, then I'm, God's going to do this for me. Yeah. And that is not true. And that's not generosity. No. All right. Before we go too much further, I want to recap a little bit of where we were last week. Uh, and for those of you who came back this week, props to you. Look at you guys coming back, knowing we're talking about generosity. Ooh. Uh, last week, we kicked off the series talking about the foundation that God owns it all. God owns it all. It's, it's, all, it's all his. And I went through the, the tension of that because I think... You know, that sounds like a very spiritual thing to say, right? God, God owns it all. And it's really easy to just throw that out there. God owns everything. Uh, but deep down, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know. Like, yeah, that, that's the right thing to say. But in actual, like, interaction in day-to-day -day life, it's like, I feel like, I'm, I feel like I'm in control. I feel like it's mine. If I go to the bank, the bank does say, this is in God's name. It's in my name. It's my bank account. It's my house. My name's on the mortgage. Mine, 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 mine. And, and so, like, we can say the, the right things, right? We can, I, I can say the, the right words, God owns it all. That sounds good and dandy, right? But the, the actual, like, interaction of that is not, it's not easy. It's, it's hard to think about it that way. And that's why it's, like, so important to even talk about it is, is this reminder, okay, God owns everything. And, and, and working that into the way that you even think, in the way that you look at what you have, if, if God is, truly owns this, then what, am, what does that mean for me? And basically what we got last week is we are stewards. You are a steward of what God has given you. And when you look at your stuff that way, when you, when you look at the fact that you're a steward, now it's not necessarily like, what can I get? Or how much more can I get? Or how can I accumulate? The question is now, what do I do with what I've been given. You're not necessarily working out of your lack. You're not working out of what you don't have. The idea is, I have something. I have gifts. I have monies. I have talents. I have time. I have interactions and friendships and all these different things in my life. How do I steward that? How do I take the things that I have and bless the people around me? How do, I, how do I bless my family with that? How do I bless my friends? How do I bless my coworkers? How am I being obedient to God in the fact that he's given me this stuff? He's given me this. I'm now a steward. And I think it's so important for us to start and, and build this foundation of, okay, God owns it all, and he's given this to us, and I am now a steward of this. There's like this responsibility now. And it's not as much even a responsibility as it, there's an opportunity like, to see your life as an opportunity to be used by God. Like, that excites me. Like, there's purpose in that. There's like, it's like, I, God's given me something that I can bless others with. Like, that's, that's awesome. And if we can start there, I think that's so important for us as we think about this idea of generosity. 
if, as we think about being somebody who wants to be generous, like looking at it that way, if I've been given so much, how can I bless? How can I be used? What opportunities has God given me? Now, oftentimes, if we're going to learn something new, uh, we have to unlearn something old. Um, I like, I, I mentioned playing golf in the video. I like to play golf. Do we have any golf, golf players in the room? Golfers, golf players. That was the golf player. Anybody play golf players? Okay, any golfers? I don't know if I'd call myself a golfer because eh, I'm very average. But uh, most of us are probably average golfers. And if you're an average golfer, I can guarantee you probably have a lot of bad habits um, on the, the golf course. And if you were to go to uh, a swing, the golf instructor who's going to work on your swing, a lot of times what they have to do is they actually have to break down those bad habits first. They, they have to break down the, that bad muscle memory. You know, you, we, we have muscle memory. So we, we, we're used to doing something over and over again. And so that's just, a, that's just what we do. That's our go-to, right? You have a go-to swing. And you have to break down those, those negative, those bad swing habits before you can actually learn the, the, the proper way. And so our, our minds are a lot like our muscles, right? When you think a certain way for a long time, it's hard to learn something new or it's hard to think differently about something. And so when it comes to generosity and, and money and even within the church, a lot of us have, have, have had thoughts about this and have had thoughts for a long time. Like, if, if you bring up church and money, like, we, everybody has, like, a reaction, right? <laughs> it's like, it, just, it just happens. And you have this idea of, like, corruption, and you have this idea of, like, being guilted and being told you have to do this and that, and you have all these ideas. And some of you even, you've been given scripture verses that seem to reinforce that. You, there's been verses in the Bible that have been used against you to make you feel like you're not being a good enough Christian with your money, or you're doing it wrong, and so in order to train our brains to think maybe in a, a more correct way, we almost have to unlearn some of the old stuff, some of the stuff that we've been bound to because of poor theology or bad teaching. Um, and so what I want to do today, you know, a lot of this stems from the, what CR said in the video, this transactional approach to generosity. We, we think of, uh, if I give, I will receive, right? If I do something good, something good will happen to me. If I do something bad, if I don't do something, something bad's going to happen. And there's a verse that, that I want to talk about today. This is in Luke chapter 6. You may have heard this verse before. Let's read it together. Here's the verse. It says, give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Amen, right? Amen. I actually, uh, my, my sister-in-law, when we were starting press, she's like, are you starting press because of that verse? <laughs> like, she's like, are you going to be one of those prosperity gospel churches? We're like, no, that's not why I'm calling this press church, but... You may have heard, if you're sitting in this room today and have been in church at any point in your life, you may have heard this verse and, and have, have had it used in a financial or giving sort of way. If you have your Bibles open, um, I want you to look at the paragraph that this verse is in. I want you to look at what surrounds this paragraph. Do you see 
anything about money being talked about. If you, if you have your Bibles and are open, and if you're one of those good church people and actually have your, your Bibles open, or you're looking on your, your phone, right? Is there anything about money in that, in that verse? What's it talking about? Judging. Judgment. Look, look even further. Like, do you see the paragraph before or the paragraph after? Do you see anything about money? No. As soon as he's done with this verse, he goes into a parable about, and you, you probably know this parable, it's the parable about taking out the plank in your own eye before judging the brother with the sawdust in their eye. So it's like, how does, what does money have to do with that? And then if you, if you go to the paragraph before, he's talking about loving your enemies. So here's a verse that we've been given, that we've, you've maybe been taught, that seemingly is about your money, and yet nowhere near this are they talking about money. It's talking about judging others. It's talking about the way that you interact with people. It has nothing to do with your money. At least in my, I mean, tell, tell me why, why would Jesus like go from being like, hey, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Hey, watch how you're being judgmental. Watch how you're judging people. Oh, by the way, give money and then you'll get more. I'm not saying that God can't bless you with finances, or I'm not saying that God can't give or use your generosity, but when we, when we think of it like this, it's flawed. We're, we're misreading what's happening here. God's talking about the way that you interact with people and the way that you're judging people. Honestly, the closest verse about money is back up in, in about two paragraphs up. It's in Luke chapter 6, verse 24. This is what it says. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Right? How many, how many pastors have you heard <laughs> preach that one on a generosity series? <laughs> no. Ouch. But you know what's funny about this? I, I didn't tell you anything else about this verse either. I didn't tell you what's around it or what's surrounding it. So you can take a verse like this and you can say, being rich is bad. If you're rich in here, you should feel woe to you. And that's not what it's teaching either. We have this problem where we like to pick and choose verses and make them fit certain needs that go against what is actually being said and the point that Jesus is actually trying to make. There's, there's, I will say this, there's plenty of warnings in scripture about the love of money, about being rich. And, and I believe the reason why we see that, and we can feel it today, we can feel, this is why we feel the tension in money series, because we know that we tend to put our trust in those things. We tend to put our hope in those things. And so instead of God being the ultimate, right, instead of God being the God that we serve and worship and praise, it's actually our stuff. It's actually our money and our possessions because that's where we find the comfort and that's where we find the peace that God is saying you can only find through me. Because no matter how much you accumulate, you know that feeling that it's still not enough. And God's saying, yeah, I'm right here. I am all you need. 
and yet you are putting your hope and your faith in these things. I think this is one of the, the reasons why, this, why talking about generosity or money or stuff is, is so hard. Because we're, we're all living life, right? We talked, I try to be like really straight. Hey, look, we all have lives. You're going to leave from here. You're going to potentially go out to lunch. You're going to have family. You're going to have stuff. You're going to go to work on Monday. If you have a job, maybe you're looking for a job. And that's a tension. Like, you got bills to be paid. You got, you got to go to the grocery store and see the prices. Thanks, inflation, right? Like, chickens, how much? What? Like, we live in life. There's, we, it, it revolves around money and this, it's, we feel this. And so it's easy to sound all spiritual. Oh, well, you know, God's going to take care of us and all this stuff. It's like, hey, we're living life. There's, there's struggles. There's, there's hardships. And you want to talk about, and you want to talk about money. And I think what the church has done is we, we've almost fallen into the trap of making it transactional because it's easier to talk about it that way. And so for the people who do receive, so the people who do have, feel like they're more spiritual. They feel like they're good to go. And yet we're still, and then we're, we're, but we're missing it still. Because then you could fall into the trap saying, well, if I'm not getting, if I'm not receiving, if God isn't blessing me that way, then I must be doing something wrong. Ever fallen into that trap? The fact that you didn't get the promotion when the, the thing that you were hoping for didn't follow through, what did you do? Did you think about, man, what did I do wrong? Why, was it because I was thinking really badly about so-and-so, or it's because I cheated? It's because I, you know, so we start thinking, like, through all of this stuff of, like, what did I do wrong? So when the good things happen, we take credit for it. It's me. I did the right thing, and then I got the result I wanted. And then when we don't get what we want, we then go to ourselves as well. What did I do wrong to deserve this? And here's the thing, sometimes you'll, you'll give and you will see. I, I, I know so many stories, my own personal stories, where I felt God really wanted me to, to bless somebody a certain way or to give money a certain way, and I did that. And I actually, I saw that money come back. I did. I think there's times that God does work in that way. And then there's times where I've given and it hasn't happened that way. <laughs> and I think part of it is like God saying, you don't control me. God's not your genie, right? The way you, 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 know, you rub, rub it a certain way, say, say, the, say the incantation right, and then you get the result that you want. That's not, that's, that's not how it works. And so we work in this, I, I call it Jesus-flavored karma, right? It's like Jesus-flavored karma. And I fall into it myself. I think we've been almost trained into this thinking, this like transactional kind of thinking of like, I do good, I get good, I do bad, I deserve bad. And yet scripture shows us that that's not necessarily true. You have like, so the book of Proverbs, it's great, wisdom literature. Hey, live this way, and these are things that, they're not promises, but it's wisdom. Hey, live this way, this is a good way to live. These are good things, to, good practices, good ways to live your life in honor to God. But then you also have Ecclesiastes which is wisdom literature as well, but it's almost like the other side of the coin. Like, everything's meaningless. Bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. Explain that. All, all of a sudden, your, your transactional karma-like thinking falls apart. 
COVID hits. What now? A lot of good people got hurt. You know, it seems like, this is the sad thing, it's like, it seems like the good ones are the ones that got sick, right? I know some, some people who had loved ones, it's like, man, they were, they were the good people, man. They were, why are they the ones getting sick? Why didn't that guy, that bad guy, get, get the bad stuff? And we, this is what we're saying, we bring this in to our, to our theology. And the focus is off. The focus is off because it's, it's a heart issue. I, I had a slide. I'll go ahead and put it up there. I feel like it's, it's a little off of where I'm going. I had this slide that says this. Is the Bible doesn't offer you riches for being generous. So if I didn't make that clear enough in this, following, following Jesus won't necessarily make you financially rich. Especially, I mean, if you're generous, it doesn't just mean that you're going to have a bunch of money. And so we, we, we need to break these thoughts of like, well, I'm going to give so that I can get. I'm going to do good so I can get good. And you see Jesus time after time after time when he's interacting with people, like this is what happens. He goes at their heart. He like goes at what's actually like happening. Think of the rich young ruler. Do you guys know the story of the rich young ruler? You got this young guy who's seemingly living a great life, doing everything right, has a lot of stuff, and he, and he comes to Jesus and says, like, how can I have eternal life? And, and Jesus goes, and he's, he's telling him some of the commandments, and he's like, yeah, I've, I've, I've lived all of these. What should I do? And, and Jesus basically tells him, take all your possessions, sell it, give to the poor, and follow me. And it says, the young man left sad. He was very sad, and he walked away because he had a lot. What's interesting is at the beginning of that verse, Jesus didn't just jump to saying, go sell all your possessions. That wasn't the first thing Jesus told him. He was talking about some of the commandments and things, and then the rich young ruler, but, oh, I'm doing those. I'm doing that. What do I need, what do I need to do? What do I need to, to get this, what I want? What do I need to do? Sell everything. Follow me. And Shortly, like right after this, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says this famous line. He says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. I'm sure you've heard that verse before. And, and what I love, right after it says, the disciples were astonished. They're, they're, they were amazed. They're like, wait, what? Because in that time, like the rich were the good people, right? They, they must be doing something right to be rich, and the poor, you know, they deserve to be poor. They deserve to, like... They deserve what they have. And then Jesus goes on to say this. In, in verses, verses 10, Mark 10, 27, this is how Jesus, because they say, who can be saved? Who could, if, if the rich can't be saved, who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. He was trusting in his stuff. He was putting his faith in his stuff. And God, Jesus knew it. He's like, all right, let's test your heart. Sell all your stuff. Follow me. Now, you could say, like, well, Jesus wants all of us to just sell everything that we have. And I don't necessarily believe that. I think we can, we can, we can miss 
the bigger picture. Having, having money, let, let, me, let me say this real quick. Having money is not sinful. Being poor isn't sinful. In and of themselves, neither is good or bad. I don't want the series to ever feel like, you know, we live in an affluent area. There's some of you who have a decent amount of money, comparatively speaking. Good, good for you. Work hard. Make, uh, I think John Wesley had a, had a sermon years ago. Uh, make as much as you can. Save as much as you can. Give as much as you can. Great. Make money. Save money. Be generous. It's not, in and of itself, it's not the problem. The problem is, what are you doing with it? Where is your heart in it? Where's your, where's your faith? Where's your trust? God is looking inside. He's looking at your heart. And that's why, that's why this series is so hard. Because we know, deep down, this, this area, and this may be a, a, too blunt of a way to say it, but this area shows how little faith we have in God. And I, I cringe saying that because I know it's true in my own life. This points out my lack of faith in God. And, and that's why it's hard. Because money's not bad. Money's great. We can do great things with money. Again, make it, save it, be generous. But we have to, we have to, we have to approach it. It is a hard issue. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Jesus is talking to a big crowd. This is a Sermon on the Mount. If you've heard a Sermon on the Mount in Matthew. He says this to the Christ. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. He says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I don't think we can work towards being generous until we, we address like what our treasure is. What do I treasure? What's most important to me? What do I spend my resources on the most? And I think a lot of us just don't like the fact that it's not as consistent as we want it to be. So here's the thing. I don't, I, I, I knew this would probably happen. I feel like I'm, I'm at a point where I don't want us to feel um, like down or I don't even know the word I'm trying to find. Like, I want us to see what God has given us and be excited and motivated and joyful to be able to be a part of what God is doing. And until we can open up our hands and realize that God is in control of all of this, then our generosity is just, it's, it's almost going to be that transactional thing. We're going to be wanting to get something out of it. We're going to want people to see what we're doing. We're going to somehow make, try to make ourselves feel better about it. But let me paint this for you. If you're a part of doing something, what God is doing, man, how great does that feel? How can we take the things that we've been blessed with and allow God to use those? Your time, your efforts, your money, your house. Some of you guys have a beautiful house. Host a life group. Have people over. Invite people over for dinner. Do you like to cook? I like to cook. I should have more people over for dinner. I love to cook. Come over, have dinner. Let me bless you with that. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about life. 
What are, what are the places that God has blessed you? What are the things that you have that you can steward to bless the people around you, to grow his church, to point towards God? That's what, that's what this generosity is about. Like, we have the opportunity to do good with what God has given us. That's amazing. And I don't want us to, to do this, to squeeze tight and say, mine, I want more. I don't want that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to lay, lay it out. This is the last two weeks in this week. Here, here's the slides. God owns it all. We are stewards of that all. Our generosity is not a cheat code to get rich. And God cares about your heart. Those are the first two weeks. Foundations of where we're at. This is, this is where we're at. You're, you're, if, if you're here, you may be visiting, you may be this first time, maybe, maybe you're watching for the first time. Actually, if they're watching for the first time and the song was on money, they might have turned it off by now. But if you stuck around, good for you. <laughs> like, I knew it. I knew they were going to talk about that. <laughs> you're a part of, of a group of people, a church. I, I said it last week. We have needs. We, we, we have a budget. We have to pay for this building. We have, we have needs. If you're a part of that, we want you to be a, we want you to be a part of supporting that. So I, I will never be shy to say, I, we need your support financially. We need your support with your time to volunteer. Some of you guys have never volunteered before. Come to us. Let's, let's get you volunteered. Put you in the tech room. Well, hey, children's, we can always use people to help with the kids. I know everyone's like, oh, jeez. They, they have fun back there. It's great. You should do it. You can help greet, say hi to people coming in. Like, we, we want you to be involved in what's happening here. And there are needs. There are things that have to happen. And so it is a hard issue. Generosity is a hard issue. But you're also a part of a community. And we want you to be a part of supporting that community. And then the last thing is this. We're going somewhere. There's things that we can't do yet because we just, we just don't have the resources to do it yet. But I know, I know that it, you in this room, you watching, there's a drive for something more. There's people out there who need to hear the good news of who Jesus Christ is. There's people who have to hear about what God has done in your life. And, and we, I tell you this, this next year, we are really going to be focusing on getting outside of these walls, getting people here, getting the community to engage in what we're doing here. Because it's great. This is cool. We can, we can do this. And, and people are driving by Sawmill. They don't know what's going on. We need to engage the community. We need to engage the people around us. This is, this is an us thing. Dylan, you can come up. And so when we talk about money and generosity, we, we, want, we want you to play a part in what we are doing here. Beyond the needs and the, the mortgage and the lights and all that stuff, there's stuff that we want to do to engage the people in our community. And we want you to be a part of that. I know for me, I don't want to look back. Like, 10 years down the road, I don't want to look back and say, what more could I have done? How, how could my involvement have helped? How could, how could my life, the things that I have, my resources have, have helped something? And so I ask you, like, think about your resources. What resources has God given you? And use that. Some of you guys are young and you don't even have money in your bank account. So you're like, I don't got no money. Sweet, what do you have? It's not just about money. 
It's time. It's your gifts. How can you be a part of what's happening? How can you be a part of what God is doing? And how can you be obedient to be in that and doing that? That excites me. You know, this, you know, 10, 20 years, this church could be still around, maybe not. But I know I can look back and say, God, I, I did everything I could to try to, to, to bring the gospel to people. That excites me. I gave up a lot. But it's worth it for people to know about Jesus, to bring people together to do something bigger than what we could do individually. That's exciting. And I hope you're excited. I hope you want to be a part of what God's doing here, Press. I don't want you to be guilted. I don't want you to be, like, shamed or thinking that, like, if you do this, if I give, well, if I give money to Press Church, if God's going to do something really great in my life, maybe not. But if that, what, is that why you're doing it? If that's why you're doing it, then again, yeah, that heart issue thing. Let's, let's go a little deeper. Let's be inspired by the fact that God has given us something. God has given us a lot of things. Let's be inspired and think about how God can use those to bless other people, to bless your local church, to bless your community, to bless your neighbors. That's exciting. I pray that we step in to that. Let's pray. God, I thank you that we have this opportunity to talk through generosity I thank you for, for God, for what you have given us, for the things you've put in our lives. And I pray that we would, we would see those for what they are, see those as gifts from you, God, to then bless others. I pray that our hands are open, God. Trusting you, that you know best, trusting that, that you know what's going on in our hearts, that you want to see us be more generous, that you, to you, that you want to see us trusting you more. God, lead us, guide us, give us your wisdom, Lord. It's only because of you that we can do any of this. I pray that we continue to trust you more, God, in everything. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand and join us as we continue this time of worship. Seems that I was buried and I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my turn till I met you. And I was breathing. 